0: Oh, Terry. So, so we're moving into feedback here in the Midwest. If you could kind of give people maybe a little overview here for what, what we're looking at for the next few weeks of hunting, maybe give them a little edge.
1: You know, it's, it's been.
2: This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild podcast, episode number 240. We are indeed powered by... Dear cast,
2: you're Tim Sheldzik, you're Matt Drury, and we have old man winner, we got a real show, we do, we have guests again, we're back in guest mode,
0: uh, we're in guest mode and people love it when we have Mark and Terry on because they feel like they're getting something, they're going to learn something, <laughs> they're going to actually learn something, <laughs> they're going to learn how to do something as opposed to how not to do there's
2: something, a, there's a lesson to be learned there too though, <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> oh, yeah. how not to do Definitely. something, Definitely don't do what Donnie Don't does, don't, that, say that five times fast. Don't do that. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that we've made so many mistakes this year and every year that our our listeners should be very good at hunting at this point.
0: Public service. That's right. So, Terry, thank you for coming in and adding something of
1: value to our listeners. No problem. I'm just tickled to be a part of episode 240. Wow. Uh, yeah. We need fireworks.
0: We're not
2: your favorite outdoor podcast, but we get by. <laughs> We're at least top 10. <laughs>
1: it,
0: well, depends what list. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs>
2: We've made two, but that's not good enough
0: yet. <laughs> we are about to hit 500 members in the Rack Pack over on Facebook. Terry's Rack Pack, so, I might add. Yeah, Terry, is, uh, Terry named that thing. If only
2: he was on social media. He could be a part of it. <laughs>
0: I'd get booted off of social media pretty quick. Got <laughs> I've got an aunt like that. She's always in Facebook jail. Always.
2: <laughs> but yeah, but is it for conspiracy theory type stuff? Big time. Yeah, Terry wouldn't be, yeah. it wouldn't be for that reason. It'd be because he'd be telling everybody off.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, the nacer, just the negative Nellies. We, there's far too many of those behind the curtain, you know? It,
2: it's funny because um, speaking of our friends over at Working Class, Bowhunter, they had one of their guys kill the... Great deer, giant, giant buck. And he thought he made a good shot, but I guess he wasn't seeing the blood or whatever that he that he had wanted right away. So he yeah. backed out, went in doubt, back out. And he wasn't filming or none of that. So he didn't really have that to go back on, the way I understand it anyways. Well he goes in there, recovers the deer. Coyotes had gotten a hold of, you know, and, and, and ate it and picked it pretty clean. And so they post about it and he just got lit up. For backing out and letting that deer lay, and and I commented on their post this morning. I said I thought your your listeners had a better bow hunting IQ than that because I mean it happens. Go we,
0: in and push them as quick as you can. Yeah, you will get them.
2: You know, we killed uh, Scott and I. You know that two two buck two years ago. Shot him with a muzzleloader. Recovered. Went to recover him forty five minutes later. He had already the, the hind end had already been eaten out. So it's like. I mean, it can happen at yeah. any time. Yeah, it is what it is, and they're kind of a par- part of the circle there of uh, of life with wildlife. So they got to eat too. <laughs>
0: but- I, I, yeah, I, I posted a reel here recently, and it was just. The camera starts on my bow and on the victory arrow, and it kind of sweeps up. And there's like a three and a half year old eight point just standing at probably 25 yards at the fence line, just standing there. Just kind of a neat, just a really neat looking deer. And someone wrote something like, "Yeah, this is just before you shoot him with a rage. You say you got a great blood trail, but then have to call in a tracker dog to get it because you never end up finding it." And I was okay. like, "What? What are you even talking about?" And the guy was like, "Actually, I'm sorry, man. I I, I said I said there's always got to be one crappy comment." Congratulations. You're it. And he was like, oh, man, I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. I'll take it down if you want. And it was just weird how quickly he shifted gears because it sounded like such a negative thing. And
2: I think that's just the general disposition of a lot of people on social media. It's just like they say whatever dumb
0: thing comes into
2: their head and they type it out and don't even
0: think about it. Gives them a little bit more courage than
2: they have in real life. Anyway, circling back, I don't think Terry would do well
1: (laughs) (laughs) on social media no the language would not be good it, it,
2: it would be like uh, your interview in your deer season 21 when you talk about your crossbow kill was it in illinois yeah. <laughs> you said uh for something like for those of you that don't you know agree with crossbow hunting i don't care <laughs> yes
1: I, I actually i'd said that a lot of people don't look favorably on crossbow hunting and i said at my age i really didn't care you know and And we can say that with confidence because we've hunted for a long time. We've killed a lot of deer. And uh, when you get to a point where you want to be ethical and you want to be fair to the animal and you want to make sure that it's lethal. And I can't shoot at 50 yards, 60 yards, even 40 yards. I don't feel comfortable doing it with vertical anymore. You know, if it's if it's the right situation, possibly but uh, I like them 30 and under now. So when we're in a spot where I know that shooting is gonna be 60 yards, 70 yards, possibly 50 yards, you, you take the, uh, you know, the archery tackle that you feel the most confident with, and you feel that, you know, you're being fair to the animal. I want it to be as ethical and as quick and effective as we possibly can. And, and in that particular spot, even though we've had them in within bow range, within vertical bow range, uh, you, it don't always happen like that. So and i really don't care if they like it or not yeah, i just, i just don't i mean we've we've you know done our our hunting years and years of and i i have never kept track of how many total but it's a god awful plenty of vertical bow kills i will tell you that
2: and i think the argument that those folks make is that it's not bow hunting it shouldn't be archery season and it's just like who? i mean it's legal it's been legalized like you're Who cares? I mean, that's the reality
0: of it. Well, to me, I think the psychology behind it is like if I can somehow give Terry Drury crap for something he's done, I have somehow in my own mind put myself above someone who's been a pillar in the hunting community for a lot of years.
2: I'm sure maybe there's a little bit of that, but more than anything, it's, it's just the age old, I'm more of a man than you are. I get them close. And the guys that do it with traditional stick and sting or stick and string probably think like, Oh, those uh, compound guys are sissies. It's an arms race. (laughs) It's like, okay. It'll never be good enough for everybody. You know, I never, bowed down to peer pressure ever and now's not the, at forty I don't give a
0: shit Isn't that gonna start now <laughs> what you think like
2: <laughs> dad and Forrest they've put in a bunch of time over in Illinois and they're tagged out and now they got a couple really nice deer that are kind of daylight walking and yeah, exactly. they invited us to go over there and I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna take a crossbow probably but
0: like yeah
1: you know yeah. it Matt rightfully so there is some long shooting over there I mean it's not 20 and under it's not 30 and under it's 40 and over i mean there's yeah. there's long shooting there so don't be don't be bashful about it at all i wouldn't even think twice i'm
2: not you. and i know i'm gonna get shit because i'm relatively young and you should be using uh you know vertical and I, I really don't care i mean i've never used a crossbow for bow hunting i never have i've never shot anything with a crossbow before but the other day you know we're chasing this decent deer over in our new lease and I was like, Hey, let's start taking the, he's got a tag. Scott's got a tag. I got a tag. I'm, we can both take a weapon. So yeah. we both are taking a weapon. I'm taking my V3X. He's taking the crossbow. So I shot the crossbow just to see if I'm comfortable with it. And it's like, Holy cow, this is easy. This is awesome. Like 60 yards. I couldn't believe how flat it shot. You know, we were yeah. just, I just sat down on the ground and kind of free handed it. And it was like, Holy cow, this is and it's there. Yeah. It's awesome. I think probably that's why the people, give it, give you shit for using it, but yeah, it's fun. You know, what the heck? It's, well,
0: I will not think any less of you. Well, that
2: guy that, uh, everything was great. great. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> yeah. you, he's going to comment on, on like uh, if I kill anything, I guarantee you MB, I know who he is. I know his name. I know his, what he, what is a uh, little his profile. Little avatar, yeah. yeah. I guarantee you that guy's going to give me crap. and going to say great. that you, Tim is the superior man. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Well, there's no doubt about that. Well, I mean, it's a given. (laughs) Well, I, I should do a little show and tell here real quick. The new euro that's behind us is the public land buck that I killed early november saddle public land saddle back. public you land. gotta add all these things together i Yeehaw. fashioned the high modulus carbon in the arrows myself <laughs> okay. built the bow myself oh, okay Mined the steel for the broadheads myself i got tons of to respect for you but if you did all that i think this
2: was a legitimate boone and crockett <laughs> whitetail
1: <laughs> a lot of work Tim, for congratulations me. on that by the way that's a big deal i, I was happy for you really was genuinely happy that's that's not easy to do and that's a great buck really is Th- Thank you Thank you, and, and
0: and there's there's probably more so than people realize. There's a lot of red tape around filming on public lands, and I just happen to have a lot of kind of alignment in people that uh, that had authority to grant me permission to to film on public land uh, here in Missouri, and was yeah. able to do that. That just rarely happens. Yeah,
2: for commercial use, which is what we're doing here. So yep. you could film your hunt, but if you don't plan on financially gaining some profit off of it, it's not a problem. But obviously this is a company it's a corp, you know we're we're running tv shows and online platforms what mm-hmm. we're doing is doing for money so that you had to get permission to be able to do that yep exactly so yeah you're not the hero we asked for but you're the hero we got that happened so many times
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should probably welcome our new rack pack members circling
2: back let's i've really it. derailed us
0: <laughs> let's talk about crappy internet people and now
2: All right. So here's some new rack packers. We got Josh Lewis. We got Scott Lemur. We got Michael McDonald. The singer? Okay. We got Randall Flinkmeister. That's got to be the fake name. We got Raymond Hawk, Christopher Shaw, and Brittany Johnson. We got another girl. Hey. (laughs) That's right. That guy's excited.
0: (laughs) Now we got two. Yeah. Always surprises me. Of course, the fake name in there was Casey Shaw, <laughs> or Michael McDonald. <laughs> they're all fake. They're all a bunch of fake accounts.
2: One one time he was—I I know you probably listened to this podcast, Dad—but in case you didn't, there was one time he put a name on there. What was the the broadcaster's name? And I was oh, like,
0: it was Alberts, wasn't it?
2: Mar—it was Marv Albert's son, right? <laughs> yeah. it, it was a guy. It wasn't Marv Alberts. It was some Kenny. Can Kenny Alberts and I go the announcer and then and then we somehow worked it our way down to no the announcer's name is Marv Al- Alberts and then I looked it up and sure shit he's got a son named Kenny Alberts and he's an announcer so we got a famous guy in the rack back it may or may not be famous <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> let's go with it so we now got Michael McDonald as well <laughs> and Randall Flinkmeister
1: wow I mean, <laughs>
0: color me <laughs> tickle pink <laughs> it's probably the kindest thing Terry could have said that moment wow <laughs> all right good for nice you job. <laughs> Oh, Terry so so we're moving into feedback here in the midwest if you could kind of give people maybe a little overview here for what what we're looking at for the next few weeks of hunting maybe give them a little edge
1: you know it's it's been pretty doggone tough I will say that the warm temperatures have made this year even more difficult than in years past because so much is is typically predictable. This year, everything has been pretty much unpredictable because of the weather. You know, it's been very cyclic. We go and we get a little two day cold front and then all of a sudden it warms back up. We get three days of warm weather. They disperse, you know, God only knows how far and then a little bit of cold weather brings them back to food, but it has not been cold enough long enough to keep them on a food source so we're seeing this movement really really random you know moon rising moon setting it it really doesn't matter uh the stuff that used to be first hour last hour now has stretched into all day you're not seeing many shooters move all day but you are seeing some deer that are up and on their feet during daylight hours or early afternoon 1 one thirty, 230 Ew. really really random movement so long and short of it a guy just almost has to grin and bear it and sit from dark till dark uh, if you can stand it, if you're in a spot where you can do that, because it's been so random, uh, but, or try and, you know, choose those cold fronts if you can, yeah. but it's been pretty doggone tough. I will say that. And and before we went on air here, we had said that, uh, Forrest and I are here, it is the antlerless season in Missouri, and we're trying to shoot a doe and we got skunk two sittings in a row here on my farm, which is unheard of. I mean, there's, there's does everywhere. We sat standing beans yesterday evening, got in there early, saw one button buck and a couple turkeys. This morning, sat Clover. We thought we'd outfox them, and uh, sat. Uh, uh, historically, it is the most consistent spot for doe traffic. I mean, they're on it every day, all day long, and we got skunked again this morning. So saw one button. So the moral of the story is, it is just that random between the cold fronts and the warm fronts. It's been it's been really tough. Uh, I don't know. I, I had predicted that Illinois was going to be really, really good this year because of when the full moon uh, hit. First, and season. because of warm temperatures, it didn't, it didn't pan out like I thought it would. Southern Illinois did quite well, mm. but the I'm gonna say central and, and northern part really, really struggled this year because of the warm temps.
2: You know, I and I mentioned it in our last podcast with Coon Dog that I felt like Deercast, it's been a tough year for Deercast as a predictive model because what we've kind of put into that algorithm was based on years and years of, of, you know, what you guys see in the field on kind of an average typical year. And this has been such a warm, atypical year. It's been a little harder. I feel like for it to predict, with that, you know, we always felt it was in that high 80s, lower 90s yeah. percentage that of accuracy. And I felt like this year just was a tough season for it as well, because it's been so warm. Moon's been so backwards. It's been just so random.
1: You know, with that being said, though, Matt, I I really we try to prove it wrong every day. And last night it was not a good predictor and we didn't see squat. This morning, it was a terrible predictor. We didn't see squat. It's been pretty doggone accurate for us here in Illinois. And we were, we were striving to achieve that 97, 98% accuracy as far as the predictor model was concerned. And we thought we had that. And uh, I think it's been pretty close. I know it's, it's not you know, atypical, depending on what part of the country you live in or what part you're hunting or, or how much outside pressure there is, you know, that all, all those influencers add to it. And with it being so mild this year, I think there's been a lot more people out in the timber, whether they're bird watching or hiking or walking their dogs or, you know, so on and so forth. I think there's been a lot of activity that outside influence that has has uh, added to it as well. We've seen it, you know, from time to time in different spots where you'll be sitting there and all of a sudden somebody comes strolling by or somebody on a four wheeler. Uh, And you know that, Matt, they're on on one of your leases where people just randomly show up because the weather's been so doggone nice. We enjoy that. They're not out there. The other thing I wanted to make mention of that you talked about the gentleman that let his, you know, hit a big deer and and then backed out. I feel for that guy because I think he did the correct move. If he wasn't certain, I don't know how anybody knows where they hit a deer. If they're not filming, we have the luxury to watch it over and over and over again. And we still sometimes deliberate on whether to, you know, go now or go later, how long, you know, fortunately deer cast, will look at it and say, you know, it says eight to 12, or it says four to six, but a guy that just shoots a deer. And if he doesn't take a mental picture of where that arrow hit, he's really, really got a tough time deciding whether to pursue or not pursue. So I feel for him, my hat's off to him, credit him. If if he said when in doubt back out, then by golly, he did the right thing in my opinion. Now, one thing you do have to consider this time of year, all those coyotes that had a litter of pups, those pups are all a little bit bigger now, and they are definitely in that teaching mode and that hunting mode this time of year. And particularly when those evenings, when the wind kind of lays a little bit, the moon's up and starting to get clear, you know, man, they just go absolutely ballistic. But so much of that is they're teaching those young ones how to hunt right now yeah. because they're not little bitty pups anymore. Now they're getting uh, almost the same size as the adults. So uh, I think that has something to do with it this time of year as far as your decision-making process and knowing whether or not you got coyotes in your area. If there's you know four or five pods of coyotes out there and you know full well that you're gonna have problems, then sometimes you may have to be a little more assertive, a little more aggressive and pursue that blood trail and go a little bit further, analyze it, pull up deer cast track and and kind of make a decision from there. But if there are a lot of coyotes, if there aren't, then and the weather's cool, I would have done just what he did. So my hat's off to him. If he thought back out, I, th- I, th- I think that's the right move. I, I hate that he got hammered. You know, I don't think it's fair to that guy. You know, unless you're in his position in his shoes, how can you make a call like that? It's unfair to him.
2: Well, and we know, you know, a lot of times when you make the wrong call and you get, you know, a little hasty about it and you go in too quickly, you screw your chances even
1: worse in that yeah. regard. Yeah. So if, if you ever single long one and you pursue a little too quickly because it looks like you've dumped it out of a, you know, a, a bucket of paint, there's blood everywhere on single lung hits oftentimes, and then you bump the deer out of bed and you don't find it, that that in in itself will give you hesitation the next time. Cause it'll go forever. <laughs> yeah. It will forever. You don't forget, especially if it's a good one, you go doggone it. I, I pursued him too soon. I should have let him expire. So it's easy to second guess somebody. I, I just, I feel for that guy. I hate it for him.
0: Yep. I mean, I coyote so bad down at the bourbon property where I hunt. I shot a dove out of the air one time. It fell into a wood line and a coyote came out of its den and just, Grabbed my dove and took off running with it. It's like you hadn't hit the it's ground like a for more than like five
1: seconds. Oh, my yeah, daughter was on, watching. On. I was like, what the heck? He was, he
2: was doing it right. He just went the wrong way.
1: Yeah, no, he was a taker. I <laughs> thought you were going to say he snatched it out of the air as, as it was falling. That
0: would have been something. That would have been. But, it's like man corpse wasn't even cold yet (laughs) he's probably thinking great tim's back (laughs) no kidding (laughs) fast food unreal (laughs) well this this deer like i thought i put a great hit on him and it took him probably four hours to die Yeah, that's right like he was back we could see him in (laughs) the woods (laughs) looking back at he was bedded i don't i don't think he could he could get up but you know i thought he would have been dead within a half hour at the most and that like we had the luxury of looking at
2: your kill and i'm like that's a dead deer right yeah. like perfect shot didn't look great maybe just the angle was too high or you know going down and he missing
0: quartering to me a little bit so it hit hit both lungs but it hit back and uh and, and even looking at the footage it was like man that looks it looks like a slam dunk but but like li- literally i pulled up DeerCast track and there were hits in there that said wait three hours for for that particular hit and it really you know, if nothing else it gave me pause it'd be like okay I, I should be too shocked by this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. so once you saw him, you did back out, went back in the next morning, and he was laying he was right there. stiff, like he had been dead for a long time. So yeah. I, I guess it probably took him about four hours. Yeah. But it's it's just crazy. Like you just you, it's nice to have a second opinion in a situation like that because you're right, Terry. Like if you weren't filming, I, I'm not in my right mind when I shoot a deer. I I. I'm I'm just not thinking normally. Yeah. And you don't recall things and you second guess yourself to the nth degree. It's N- tough.
2: Those like nocturnal luminoc, like those things help you a lot. Those light and knocks yep. help a lot, you know. And, and your average guy just to, in the moment's like okay, I th- generally speaking, I think I hit them about here. But boy before that, like back when you guys, you know, were starting, even on video, you could have a hard time seeing seeing it. You guys used to dip and you still probably do, all your fletchings were white and the like twelve inches of the back part of the arrow were white, just so you could kind of get a better
1: yeah. idea of where the arrow hit. I'll tell you often, and I think you mentioned it, Tim, what you don't realize when you get ready to shoot is oftentimes they'll wrinkle in or they'll curl into you. When you think they're fully broadside, or you think they're quartering away, and they're not, and and those shots are the ones that you gotta have to you, know, you gotta wait just a little bit longer when they wrinkle in just a little bit, and it's and we've seen it countless times where they're quartering two or wrinkle in, and boy, oh boy, it's it's a big difference as far as the length of time you gotta wait between broadside and quartering away versus quartering two, and we did that on DeerCast Track. We tried adding some of those quartering two shots just for that reason.
0: Yep. And and then you gotta take into account the can the the angle of the camera, where the camera guy or where yeah. your camera arm is. I yeah. mean, that really it doesn't take much to make a big difference there. Yeah. And you think, oh, that looks it looks dead on, but where the shooter was, it was a totally different perspective. Yeah. So Mark
1: Mark did one the other day. He, he did actually he kind of ad-libbed a little voiceover about where Wade was in reference to where he was and the deer that was behind the deer that he shot and so on and so forth. But it does make a big difference. If you're two or three foot apart or if you're in two different trees, it's vastly different, you know, but I I do believe oftentimes it's easy in the heat of the moment to miss exactly what position they're in when you shoot the arrow or release the arrow.
0: Terry, what do you think about about blood trailing As, as we enter late season deer have, you know, their coats are thicker, they've got more fat on them. How does that impact blood trails at this point in the year?
1: Well, and you know, you know us—we're going to use the biggest broadhead that we can possibly, uh, you know, sink through a deer just for that reason, for that blood trail. But you're right—that ki- that coat starts to get really, really thick. It might deter a lot of that blood from coming out. The fat, particularly, will close up a hole pretty quick, you know. And unless you're shooting a ginormous uh, broadhead, like we're shooting two threes, those rages build a, a big, big hole entrance and exit, and we get a pretty doggone you know, good blood trail. It's a luxury as far as I'm concerned. It's when we go to blood trailing one and then you go back to a firearms, you know, center fire, and you go, Oh, we, we have no blood, even though, you know, the deer is dead. Yeah. We're so accustomed to following that blood trail, a good blood trail that uh, when you start shooting a, a firearms, it, it changes your, your speed a little bit on, on how quickly you trail. But I think this time of year, you got to be really, really careful, examine it more than normal, Check for what color it is, how much air it's got in it, and all those things that you would normally do early season. You got to do them late season. You just got to be a little more efficient about it, and you just got to go a little slower. Uh, I see it all the time where guys literally are trying to run through the run through the timber to find that deer, and and oftentimes you you overlook some things. Forrest and I have the luxury; he's got great eyesight, you know, and and we'll one guy will go on one side, one guy on the other. And we'll just take it really really slow and and track them accordingly but if if it starts to get a little suspect forest usually drops back because his eyesight is so good i may look forward trying to shine and see if i can pick up blood yeah. forward but he always goes back to where we last lost blood and then we carry it forward but it's it's a slow process one guy i could see where one guy hunting by himself be pretty tough pretty tough you
2: know in, in the late season once start coming out you know like traditions they have that bleed bullet it it, it they do bleed really that's why it, it was named that way dad named it actually and that's i mean it does help tremendously like back in the day when you th- think of muzzle loader you don't really usually have much of any blood trail at all you know it's just, if you think about it it's kind of a tiny entry hole and uh that bleed bullet just annihilates it them it, it, it is it's a, a lot of times it's like following a, a rage blood trail yeah. it's crazy
1: it's funny you say that, Matt, because Forrest made that exact comment the other day, uh, hunting with it in Illinois. He prefers the muzzle odor over maybe a centerfire because of that very reason. Mm. The deer he shot over there with that uh, nitrofire, when he field dressed it, it had four-inch holes through its lungs from that bleak bullet. It was ridiculous. I couldn't believe the hole that that bullet put through there. But it's, uh, it's really, really a game changer as far as a blood trail is concerned and yes that's that's the reason we're shooting it yeah and
2: the winchester has that deer season xp that does a pretty damn good job too it's it's you know if you're not dropping them in the field i mean it it actually puts a pretty big hole like and i'm sure you know it depends on what you're shooting but what caliber you're shooting but um you know 270 30 odd six the six eight like it's pretty pretty
0: solid I, i should say that if Folks are interested. I think the timing of this show comes. Out. I think there's still potentially time to win the traditions pursuit XT. Oh, and the twelve days of Christmas giveaway. Yeah, I feel bad. We didn't mention it last show, but yeah. we've got our 12 day our 12 giveaways of Christmas promo going right now. So you hop into Deercast every day. There's a new prize culminating on day twelve, which I think is December nineteenth, with a new Matthews boat with uh victory. Uh, a dozen victory VAP arrows. The other
2: thing we should mention is that tracker, the 800 side-by-side that we're giving away. This is the show too late for I th- that.
0: I think so. Yeah. That goes okay. on the 15th. We
2: need to make sure and hit, hit the rack pack with it and a reminder and make sure everybody's entered in Heck yeah. for a chance to win it.
1: Yeah. So some really cool Back. stuff, but to add to your comments there, we shot or I shot two does the other night with a 350. those straight wall cartridge and yeah. copper and, man. Oh man. This stuff is crazy crazy it did leave a heck of a blood trail did it so yeah we're we're having some fun with that winchester's really done a good job with all their xp ammo
2: yeah Mm. yeah and copper impacts different that's a different thing than the deer season xp but um both are pretty pretty devastating
0: i still got to decide on a deer rifle And, and, and it probably wouldn't be primarily for me it would be for the kids, I do the 350, and I wouldn't think twice. Yeah,
2: because it it's such an easy shooting gun and so accurate, and most of your spots are not super long right. distance. Yeah, so it's the perfect gun for it. You know, 250 and in, it's the perfect gun for it. sure for for your you know kids and you know any new new hunters. There's just no little to no kick to it mm-hmm. i'm sure i'll get shit for it because there is some kick You're but, lying. yeah <laughs> but uh it's very little i mean it's it's fun to shoot it's almost like a 22
1: matt olivia shot her deer with it last year and tanner shot his deer with it this year and uh both of them said what well, didn't kick you know that was their first comment i said did you feel that and they went no and they're so, small
2: smaller frame kids little big.
1: yeah tanner's yeah. not very big so to your point i think it's the perfect gun as well for them yeah Perfect. Um, you, you, you're going to like it because that thing you literally can drive tacks with it is a hundred, 125, 150 yards. It's oh. a tack driver.
2: And that's probably something that there's probably something to how well you can shoot it because you know, there's no flinch. There's no yeah, anticipation. Yeah. It's just, you're, you're almost like it's your plinking, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. real, it's real fun I, to I use. Liked,
0: I mean, my daughter's a little sketchy around guns. She just doesn't like how loud they yeah. are and the kick and so.
2: And that gun's not loud. Like when you shoot, it, it is not a loud, Yeah, you, you know, like 6.8. It, it's
1: like a cannon goes off, but sure. that 350. You know, the other day, Sean said that Tanner was going to be a little bit apprehensive, much like what you're saying, Tim. So, in lieu of having him shoot the 350, I had him shoot the 22 Wildcat out here numerous times, yeah. and he grouped really, really well. And uh, I, the first time he shot the 350 was at the deer he killed. Mm. And I mean, he drilled it, absolutely drilled it with Sweet. no hesitation. Well,
0: decision made. It, it, 350 I, legend. I think you're going to like it. 350. 50. Yep. All right. That's how $200. 200 is $200. <laughs> on the ghetto.
2: <laughs> all right. Yeah, we want to help our. What's that, Terry?
1: 350 cubic inches. There you go. Wow. 350.
2: Hey, you didn't 1. read the uh, Ryan to Sanders comment oh, here. Oh, no, Tim. I didn't.
1: Sorry. Sorry, Ryan. You didn't Ryan out.
0: R- Ryan gave us some feedback on the Safe Buck show a couple episodes ago. He says, You demand, Tim. Oh. You got my vote for being the poster child for all blue collar hunters across. America.
2: You know who picks these comments out, right? Terry, Tim.
1: <laughs> I want to know who called him blue collar.
0: <laughs> I got no collar. <laughs> T-shirt callous. guys. Yeah. Where, where does that put me? Somewhere in the middle.
1: Socioeconomics of life. Low. <laughs> yes. Same here. Like, I got one. I'd like to have you come out and work with our construction guys for a day or two, Tim. Tim oh, could do well, it.
2: Look at him. He's a you know, man of a man.
1: My, my my dad was a carpenter,
0: and so I would go help him on side jobs. And I got an education at a very young age, mostly <laughs> in language. <laughs> yes, a, lo- a lot of slang. Yeah, it
1: is, yeah, it is Arabic.
2: <laughs> it's so a lot that you can't use in your
0: office settings. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times my dad would say, "You can't say this when you, when you go home. <laughs> Don't repeat that." <laughs> right.
1: You know, Not I'm going to have Forrest. I'm going to have Forrest go help the construction guys just a day or two, just for the heck of it. He likes all those guys, Warner and Frank. And Greg and Keith and so if you want to go that that week you're more than welcome to field Tim. trip.
2: One time we had so my brother-in-law Nathan he's definitely white collar yeah yeah and uh, great guy awesome dude and uh, he works in uh, uh, finance and this was would have been during maybe college or just Probably. in between jobs or something. It was, you know, a long time ago. And he went and worked for dad's construction company for a little bit. And uh, he, he ended
1: up dropping a, what was that? a The tongue of a loaded fuel tank on his foot. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. He loosened the, the, you know, the, the actual jack stand yeah. and the whole thing fell on his foot. Oh Lucky he, he didn't break it, and he still so has he, a foot into the ground. Yeah,
2: so. Well. I'm not saying that he's not blue collar worthy, but you got to watch yourself. Yeah. No, I'd kid. be in the same boat at Holy this point. Heck. I worked uh, six or so years for dad's construction company. And that's where I formed my opinion that I wanted to do <laughs> s- something
0: else. Yeah. My dad made it very clear. He's like, I don't want you doing this work for the rest of your life.
2: Not that I don't think it's worthy work. It's that
0: I'm oh, not good at it. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's <'Cause laughs> like you put it in a couple football. days. You're like, I got to keep coming back and doing this.
1: Same reason Mark left he, that we were working on a project one day and he, he was working as a general labor. He was down in a trench. We were laying a uh, sanitary sewer. we were putting granular in the bottom. All of it had to be graded. You know, we were using a laser beam, blah, 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 hot middle of summer, 110 degrees. And someone came up to the job site and said, you know, ask Mark to call Cecil Carter. At that time, Cecil was with uh, advanced marketing specialists and there was a position opened up for, a sales rep on the road, selling Masio camo. And we're talking back in the eighties here. And uh, he got in that, that big, beautiful Maverick that he was driving. And I mean, it was a trail <laughs> of dust down the road. <laughs> I, never, I never saw him since that time. That was the last job that he ever worked. Never yeah. seen
2: a guy move so fast.
1: <laughs> he jumped out of that trench and away he went.
2: Cloud a dust. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Some of us just aren't made for,
0: for far. Yeah, you gotta know your lane. Yeah,
1: I
2: just sucked
0: at it basically. If there was a way to screw something up, I could do it. It was tough. My, my dad would come home and he would just be so darn tired. Like, like you just don't have any energy to do anything because it just beats you up all day long.
2: They're real men. Yes. <laughs> so let's yeah. be real
0: about it. <laughs> we go into an air conditioned office and. And let me poke tell you, it, at a keyboard. It spoils, yeah. <laughs> big time. So, big time.
1: I'll be honest, I think a couple days in the field in a, on a construction site, whether we're pouring concrete or. Lang pipe or whatever we're doing, setting forms, tying steel. I think that is good for everybody to get just a little bitty taste of that. I agree. You know, appreciate what you're doing and, and you go, oh, you know what, my job's not too bad after all, because it's, it's uh it, it really does try you. And it is tiring Tim and to answer your question when it's hot, like that 105, 110, I, I feel for those guys. Started
2: about 530 ended about. Five, three, 3 30. 4, 30. Yeah. You, you see why they were essential and we were not.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, they're actually doing something useful. That's right. We're farting around.
2: Yeah, I, told, I once told a friend of mine back home. He he went the trade route. Out of high school and I went to college and, you know, years later we got together. He's like, you know, you, you guys, you know, you make a good living. You're going to bust your ass and all this. I said, yeah, but I can't do half of the stuff that you know how to do. Like I got to hire a guy to do half these things. Like I'd, I'd take a little bit of what you got. Let me tell you. So, Anyways. All right. We diverged into a whole new lane here. Okay let's get to that question of the day so the question of the day is probably brought to you by victory archery the carbon arrow experts what what arrows are you shooting i shoot the vap elite 350s okay and terry you shoot something different out of your vertical it's a 400 yeah yeah but i'm shooting the vap elites yeah real it's a small diameter, small diameter. and it's what mark shoots it's you know, it's, it's what they recommended that I shoot. I don't draw, I have a short draw length. It's like 27 and a half. And I'm this year with the way my arm's been kind of acting up, flared up. I'm, I was shooting much less poundage than I ever have too. I'm at 58. Usually I'm at like 62. Sure. And I was at 58 this year and I definitely noticed a difference in just speed. So they, they just felt like the smaller diameter helps with, Overall penetration. Yep. So I, I know very little about that. I just go with their opinions. Just happy to be here. And <laughs> That's right. Shoot a deer. So <laughs> nobody light me up on that. <laughs> Don't take my advice. Matt Jury lying about arrows again. All right. So you the know, question here. Oh, go ahead.
1: You know what? Forrest was talking this morning. We were, while we were sitting in the blind, not seeing anything. We were talking this morning about a push. Evidently, someone is is really pushing for heavier the arrows. Ranch Ferry. Out. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And blowing through the shoulder. Well, you know, that's all fine and good, I guess, if you want to try that. But just behind the shoulder, there's a pocket that you can go into and double lung them. I I don't know. You know, I'm sure they're saying, well, if, if you know, you don't intend to shoot them through the shoulder, but if you do, I want to be able to blow through it and yada, yada, yada. So I don't know.
2: And I think that was always the argument to be made for shooting like a, a G5 or a a contact Muzzy or, yeah, those, you know, those fixed blade broadheads. Yeah. But I, I think hundreds of deer, I mean, probably thousands of deer when you think of the team, the Drury Outdoors team over the last 15 years using a Rage expandable, whether it's a two inch, whether it's, you know, whatever the head version is. Sure. And have had a lot of success with it. And yes, we've hit some shoulders over the years, but more times than not. I think you put put in the back of your mind, like, I need to back off the shoulder when I shoot you. It's At least always try my, to. It's
0: always in my head, yeah.
2: Yeah, but uh, I don't know. The the, the the Ranch Fairy, those videos are interesting. He's a pretty major YouTube influencer. Oh, yeah. and they, they're interesting. I mean, I, I like his delivery. He seems like a, a nice guy. He's just got a much different uh theory obviously than than what we hold.
0: Yeah, it seems to be born out of shooting hogs. Like that's kind of He's down in
2: Texas, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so you know, obviously you want as much kinetic kinetic energy hitting that hitting that animal and because the hide or the hide and just the bone structure is so much more sturdy than a whitetails. Yeah. Uh, but you know, teach their own. It's like, there's room for, there's room for everybody. As long as you don't start crapping on other people for well, the choices. That of they course, made.
2: that's where it goes to.
0: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's
2: got an army of people that, you know, that kind of believe in that, that theory and go that route. And the, I don't understand it. Cause the, those arrows, if you look at, they are huge there. Yeah. It reminds me of what you guys used
1: to shoot back in like
2: the eighties and stuff.
1: Yeah, the, old, the big old heavy aluminum. Yeah. You know the age-old question and they've been talking about it for decades as to whether or not you know you go with a heavier arrow or that little little bitty lighter arrow and and it boils down to kinetic energy tim just exactly what you're saying velocity you know and mass times velocity squared and all that other jazz wait, wait, you wait, know wait, wait. i don't but it's been argued about for many 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 years you know so i guess it depends on the game that you're shooting
0: sure damn that was very uh yeah sure <laughs> i'll i'll sign on with what terry says yeah <laughs> i'm going with it he's killed more than we have combined so let's go with what he says let's all right let's what's say. the question of the day today it's from cameron and it's on the, the <laughs> old soundboard
2: hi my name is cameron i am from the quad cities in illinois
0: what's up rock island question
2: is who is official deer cast when they reply on Dearcast, I'm wondering who is behind that username. Hmm. Our Thanks. mom. Love the <laughs> content and the job you guys do. Keep up the good work. We'll never tell. Thanks, Cameron. Seems good like question. a very serious guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: The a good question.
2: Who is behind it? Because they answered, they were on our Podcast. The last episode of the podcast, no, two episodes ago, in Dearcast, and they said how proud they were of us. I was like,
0: "Well, that isn't Mark. <laughs> like, is who is this?" this? <laughs> Sometimes it's Mark. Is Most it? of the time, it's Michael Heffernan and Brett Davis.
2: Is Brittany in there
0: as well? Uh, not, not so much anymore. Not in Dearcast. So yeah, every once in a great while, it's me, but usually Michael Heffernan. So we did
2: tell the kind of the thought process behind it because you're the one that came up with the idea, or were you? Or was it Brittany? It was one of the uh, If team. it was a
0: good idea, it was probably mine. Let's go with you. Yep. Um, but, you know, like I, I'm all over Deercast and I don't want to wear people out from my comments. And, uh, and it's just nice. It's, I think it's nice when you feel like, hey, the Deercast team is looking at, like there's some engagement there. So we figured we, we need to have just a Deercast profile to make comments back and forth to people. Yeah. So, cause Terry
2: has his own profile. So you comment in there, actually, that's your only social media is in Deercast.
1: Once in a while. Yeah. Once in a while, because in all honesty, the service up here sucks so bad. <laughs> I have trouble getting on Deercast to be quite honest. I have trouble getting anything up here. So yep. it's, you know, you'd like to be on it with regularity a little more, but it's hard to do. And, and finding the time to be honest, the way we travel and stuff, it's, it's hard to, to find enough time, to be quite honest.
2: Now, Mark, he's in there quite a bit. Like, I see him commenting on a lot of people's yeah.
0: stuff under his his name. And that is Mark. I mean, really, if you see Mark and Terry Drury in yeah. DeerCast, it's Mark and or Terry. There you go. So, Cameron, thank you. Reach out to me. Give me your address, and we'll shoot you a DeerCast hat for asking a question that made it onto the show. Boom. That,
1: nice job. That was a good question. I like that. That was you know, people are inquisitive. The I think more, that was a great question. Oh, and on. you know, those deer cast official answers are always well thought out, well spoken, well, you know, well done, in my, my opinion. Yeah.
2: I have a sound bite for this.
0: The more you know, Terry. <laughs> we're changing lives here. <laughs> and we're going to keep doing it with the wildlife word. It's brought to you by the Stanley Sportsman series of insulated mugs. The perfect gift for the outdoorsman in your life. Woo. I take a sip on mine braggart
2: (laughs) okay (laughs) dad we're the guys are working on like our deer camp footage from when I came up to hunt opening weekend yeah. and man there's a mike's editing a funny scene with yapper and a uh, breakfast there and he, he made sure and left in the part where i'm scooping gravy pretend scooping gravy into that big Stanley, <laughs> yeah for the deer stand good and then times. then yapper tells scott to get out of he goes do you mind because scott was in <laughs> his face <laughs> <laughs>
1: scott, <laughs> <Poor> scott. <laughs> just trying to do
2: his job <laughs>
1: it's, it's pretty Yapper's good The man on her yeah yeah uh. I forgot
2: two mentions in a row on the podcast because I brought him up on the Coondog podcast. He's going to owe us. Coondog said that you owe him a buck tag because he killed two does on your Illinois farm. (laughs) He's not forgot about it.
1: What year was that? Well, you've been on the Missouri farm for 17, so... So he remembers a time when he killed two does on my Illinois farm.
2: And you owe him a buck because it was earn a buck. I remember you, you had to kill two does back then
1: to get, kill a buck. Oh my God. He didn't get that buck. Well, well, Joe owned it after Joe Schultz bought it for me.
2: And he killed plenty yeah. of deer off of Joe. <laughs> I
1: think he killed a few off of it there. So I'm going to say he's already. I've already fulfilled my vows, Christian. Yeah.
2: You know, the other thing is, I told him that Yapper's been hunting and killing does at your place a long time, and he's owed quite a few buck tax. <laughs> uh,
1: he hasn't got a buck in a while.
0: <laughs> I have to litigate this.
1: <clears throat> okay,
0: <laughs> in the winter, how much of uh, a deer's daily energy? comes from their fat reserves. So as opposed to eating, just living off their fat reserves, about how much of their daily energy do they get? Is it A, 40%, B, 5%, C, 3%, or D, 90%? 45, 3, or 90. Terry?
1: Well, that's a tough one because not everyone has ample food source or food supply. So it really depends on how far they have to travel For food and that's why it's such a fine line between filling feeders and keeping feeders full and them not having to walk very far and having too many feeders or not enough feeders so that's really really a tough question I, I would love to know you know what setting that was that was designated in if it was an area where it's just strictly environment with no outside food plots and so on and so forth this was yes. the,
0: the Northeast with very little supplemental feeding. So, yes. you know, big pine forests and not much ag.
1: And you said it was, what were the four?
0: 40%, 5%, 3%, and 90%. And I'll remind you that uh, the answer here is consequenceless. You don't lose anything. <laughs> Nor do you win that, anything.
1: Was it questioned daily? Yes. I'm going to say 3%. Daily.
0: Okay.
2: Man, I was gonna say sixty percent, but you didn't give that choice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you could say anything you want, I guess, as far as that goes. (laughs) They're using three percent of their body fat each day, though it wouldn't take them long to go through it all.
0: How much of their energy are they getting from from body body fat? fat? How much their
1: energy are they getting
0: from
2: their body fat? I'm going with. I'm going with
0: forty-five.
1: Forty. I'm gonna agree with that.
0: Forty. Yeah going to go with that as well. Your guts have served you well. <laughs> it's big, big enough. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, 40% of their daily energy can come from yeah. fat reserves. Damn, I knew it. Which, which makes sense also, you know, you think about how little they move and they're, there's, cause they're they conserved. Exactly. Cause even just getting up to eat is going to cost them energy.
2: That's the whole theory in food to bed in the late season and why they're supposed to be hitting that feed pattern. But if the temperatures are so warm, I would imagine that that goes out the door a little bit and they're moving a lot more.
0: Sure. Yeah. When it, you think it's less costly yeah. calorie wise.
2: And what you see is. February January February March become the brutal months for the deer herd it seems like anymore it's like not as much December
0: January February it's like it's continuing to move a little further out yeah it's that like they're co- they've been coasting on their fat reserves for so long and then it's like the, you know the browse is has been depleted at, at that point and you're like hoping for spring to hit pretty soon for the it's, new growth
2: a lot of times it's usually say if you're out of you know if you had standing food source, bean, corn, or whatever, a lot of times those late, late months are when your green food sources then come back into play, you know, and yeah. they dig up those turnips and
1: wouldn't you say, I mean, that's when you see them really hit it hard again. Absolutely. Cause they're searching for everything they can find. And then when you start getting into a deep freeze, when the ground gets frozen, it becomes, the browse becomes so much more important. You know all those blackberry briars and all that stuff that you you think is not important. It becomes ever increasingly important when the ground is frozen because they can't even paw through it to try and to get to uh, some of those roots and what have you. You know Grant Woods always talked about the fine line between feeding and not feeding. You know if you're dumping out two bags of corn and you think you're doing some good, and they actually have to travel and use more fat reserve for energy to get there than what it took if they'd have just stayed in their bed and laid there. So feeding is a really really tricky, tricky, uh, endeavor there in the late season. You know, if you're not putting ample enough food out there in several locations to where they don't have to travel so far, then you're kind of defeating your purpose because they do have to deplete their fat reserves for that extra energy to get to where they want to eat.
2: Which is why Mark literally puts his in his cart, his grain cart or whatever. He opens it up and then they drive the tractor on the field edge and they basically go right at the field edge all the way around it which right. obviously we that's an extre- that. extreme case you know
1: yeah we were doing that as well but they it's no longer when cwd came about then they uh, a lot of that is no longer a uh a legal method anymore yep. so we stopped doing it but when it was legal we were doing the exact same thing we were plowing the snow that was 18 20 inches deep Jeez. and doing just the exact same thing you know just big lines of of uh supplement form the analogics and uh, it was it was helpful very yeah. very helpful yep just like the wildlife word segment
2: you learn something new every day
1: (laughs) yeah
0: i feel good now we've done done our public service here all right this is great um so just a reminder folks the 12 days of christmas giveaway is still going on in deer castle make sure that you are submitting your name every day dude we're closing out the year
2: we we probably only have one more podcast after this one don't we it's not gonna be a good one we're gonna Called in.
0: It's probably gonna be no guests. Good job. You're gonna be talking about the deer we didn't shoot. Uh
2: no, I'm gonna go to Illinois this weekend. Dad's gonna spoon feed me once again. <laughs> and that guy in is gonna hate my butt. <laughs> <laughs> not great. Last year when I killed that deer in Illinois at Chase and Brooks's place, yeah, yeah. I had a guy hammer me. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You didn't do anything to earn that deer. I'm like, I know that. I said I didn't this. Make a claim. I didn't say I did. I was very thankful.
1: Matt, to kill one over there, you're going to earn it because they've not been easy. I, we hunted our butts off and didn't kill, didn't kill one there on that particular farm. Yeah. So it, it won't be easy, well, but that... they're there and we kind of got a line on them. I mean, there's a little history with them, so you at least got to try it. We're crazy not, not to try it. I wish you had more time. I wish you could spend a little more time I, over there.
2: I tell you what, I. So I, I had the habitat stamp. I had the license for Illinois because I had put in for the second and third gun, the yeah. muzzle order tag. So I had all that, and it's not cheap. And when I went to Bass Pro yesterday to buy the archery tag and saw that price, I'm like, "Goo, I really hope I kill something over yep. here because I've spent a lot Down of money. <laughs> like I'm really hoping that I, we, cause you and I talked about it. You have a potential spot. You can go to Illinois. Yeah. I was like, well, here's the cost breakdown. Hey honey, I
0: bought some magic beans. <laughs> what do you think?
2: <laughs> 500 bones. So we got about two hunts to get it done. Really? I mean, that's the reality of it because I had told Miranda that I was going to Illinois regardless. She didn't, I haven't even told her I'm going to where I'm going because all she knows is I'm gone. (laughs) And so I said, you know, hey, I'm going to, okay, it's the muzzleloader season. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday's temperatures are like 70 degrees. So instead I'm like, all right, let's take the kids, go see Santa. Let's do some family stuff. Get that out of the way. And then Saturday morning, gonna Saturday, <laughs> Saturday morning, I'm going to, Scott and I are going to drive to Illinois. So basically I got Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning. And if we get real ballsy Sunday night or Sunday afternoon or whatever, but I have to be home Sunday evening because she works you know she could leave the house at 6 a.m on monday Your kids are responsible yeah seven and five why not (laughs) so so we basically got a couple hunts to get it done but i felt like our our chances were much better based on the cameras were much better at dad's and he's him and forrest have done a really good job of convincing scott and i to try our hand at their spot versus the spot we were going okay well, we'll see. Came on. Hopefully we have something to talk about. That will be nice. I know it's not going to be a kill in Missouri. I know it's not going to be a kill in Missouri.
0: <laughs> I, I will try to get out a little bit this weekend. I don't have super high hopes. Saturday is supposed to be really good. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to go out with the bow and just see what I can see. You're on who a tear. Knows? Maybe
2: uh, who knows? Pull a coon dog and you kill yourself. A
0: yeah. <laughs> and I will dance.
1: Hundred percent. He
2: said that he did the cotton eye Joe. It's on camera, oh, oh <laughs> and he boy. said he did it better than you. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll have to watch that. I do want to congratulate him. That's awesome that he killed that deer. He's had a good season. Hell really yes, hell of a year. Yep. slammers this year so i was tickled for it. i was happy that's a heck of a deer he killed there told
2: them producer of the year it's you know coming. what we need to talk about is is i would love to get you Forrest and zach on a podcast and just kind of share you know the your side of the story of how the the tome kill went down it'd be fun to go through some of that and just hear some of the backstory and have Matheny in camp and fun stuff we we should have done this episode but we'll have you
1: on again it was it was quite an endeavor and it was it was epic would be the best way to describe it yeah. epic yeah because jim has been in some of the biggest moments you know of his lifetime in front of 50 or sixty thousand screaming fans and he was as excited as excited as i've ever seen him uh since we've known him you know we watched him go through a uh, home run 350 home run 400 450 500 550 600 and he looked excited at 600 and 612 and all those things but Buddy, he was absolutely shaken and rattled over this thing. It was it was pretty epic.
2: That's so cool. It's a deer of ten lifetimes. What did it go to? Gross two twenty six and some change, right? Duh.
1: Right. Two two six and some change. Tell right? you were
2: telling me on the phone that Forrest brought this up the other day. You were getting crap over the score on your Illinois whitetail with the bow, the 150 inch seven pointer share the notes that you guys, that Forrest kind of found found interesting on the main beam length on your deer versus Jim's deer. And some of those stats,
1: the deer we shot that seven point had longer main beams. He had more mass on the main beams. He had longer G twos and he had a wider spread than Jim's. Two twenty six. Oh my! Aren't God. got true. When they all go, well, you didn't measure him right. You didn't do this. You didn't do it. Well, after you've killed, you know, X number of deer, why would we? We have no reason to not measure it as accurately as possible, and we do. Forrest measured it a couple times, and we did make a mistake. I think it started out. It was one. What was it, Forrest? Do you remember? and two ace, and it was actually one fifty. No, it's one fifty one. Yeah. So we sharted ourselves just a little bit. So he went back after we got so much crap about it. He went back and measured again. And it did, It was 151 and some change as a seven point. But it had longer main beams, more mass, longer G2s, and wider than Jim's 226. Grab the sheds.
2: Forrest, grab the sheds real quick. You got them there in the room. Show these from last year. You found them at turkey season,
1: actually. This. Oh yeah, they, said we, they said we measured those wrong as well. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, this G2... Right here, from right here, we know where to measure. It's top of this to top of that. We struck a line is fifteen and two eighths. Oh,
2: liar! <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: throwing fifteen and two eighths inches, Jeez. and they said, "Oh yeah, you had, you started to take three inches too long." Blah blah. Uh, so and my the- point is, we have no reason to lie or cheat or steal over a over a shed or another deer, as long as we've been doing this. When we found these, I'm kind of like Jim, it was about as excited as I've been in a long time. I mean, when we picked them up in the spring, buddy, our, our whole life changed and said, this is a deer we're going to go after. And I'll be doggone if we didn't get lucky. The good Lord above sent us that deer by and I shot him with a crossbow and I was tickled to that. And <laughs> hey, he was, you call it 815? 815. 815 because he was a straight eight. And he had a 15-inch G2. It was 15 and 2-8. And this From year, he way. lost his G3, right, on that he side? He lost his G3 on the right side. He lost this. So it cost him 6, 7 inches, I guess. So he'd been right at 160 as an 8 or 159 as an 8.
0: Mm. I mean, it's, he's huge. Yeah, you would have called him the G2 buck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tim.
2: I have a hard time with names, Terry. So if they have any good characteristic on that G2, that's his name. G2 book. G2 number one. Short G2 10,
1: split G2. In perspective, though, Jim's Deer had long G1s, long twos, long threes, and long fours. I mean, it stacked in there like a picket fence. It had a, it had everything. As far as a time length is yeah. concerned, yeah. it had it. Just a giant. And it had how many inches of non-tip? Twenty-nine or thirty oh. inches of typical stuff. Wow! Just
2: stuff off his so, bases and yeah.
1: Yeah, it was just impressive. It was as impressive a whitetails you ever see.
2: Well, I'm sure you guys measured that wrong too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they accused us of of sharp changing him that we measured it incorrectly because we didn't do enough inches. You guys are idiots.
0: Just don't do anything. Maybe we shouldn't do anything.
2: I know you got crap over. A guy was giving us crap over your 184. I posted about it, uh, your 184. And um, a guy was like, you guys long arm everything. the, The score is wrong. I'm like, dude, they measured it three times. We got no reason to lie. Like, why would we? We don't care. I don't care what you think. This is what happened. Yeah. You know, that's terrible. So
1: yeah that deer had 45 inches of mass he had 22 and Jeez. some inches on each side i mean it was he was just massive all the way out and long main beams 27 27 inch main beams you know just had it he had it all
2: giants mm. something to dream about tim yeah <laughs> i'm in no danger of
0: it being in a situation like that
2: you never know yeah.
1: You never know, you've, Tim. Might be this weekend.
2: You've had so little success in Bourbon that maybe a deer grew that big.
0: <laughs> it's possible. I've I hunted that farm so little. Who knows what's down there? That's if always, the homeless people haven't run them out. That's
2: always been my theory at Ellsbury. They, Mark told me once that it's management by
1: default. Because <laughs> 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 I'm so crappy at hunting. So <laughs> uh, that's what hey, I'm doing. Tim. Yes, hey, sir. Hey Tim, how many acres is that piece that you're hunting down there? Uh,
0: in Bourbon, it's 300. Oh, that's a nice size farm. It, yeah, it's just it's so darn open. The only woods that are there are along the the creek lines and there's some windbreaks and stuff. So it's really hard to kind of get around without without bumping
1: deer. Oh the, yeah. I the, can see that. If you don't go in in the dark.
2: The piece go that the he killed on though with a second buck this year was on nine acres. Yeah. Suburb
0: suburban ground.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. So, that's even better. So wow.
0: tiny, tiny little spot. Good for you, though. That's I'm, what she I'm, said. I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, that soundboard, I don't know. We're gonna have to, yep. Oh, you love it. <laughs> First sick day, Matt's gone. We're going to have to find something to do with that soundboard. It
0: I found it snapped in half when I came
2: in this morning. <laughs> well, the funny part is, all these programs exist. that can be downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can break the tablet all
0: you want. You need it for your phone <laughs> and just live with it.
2: Oh, I would. You, it's funny you say that. So you know the the actor that was in like super Bad and um, yeah, uh, Michael Sarah. the other one the fat one that Jonah Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got skinny. So he was on, he just, I guess he just did some new movies on, on this tour, publicity tour. And he's had a fart machine on, <laughs> on the late night shows with, with Jimmy Fallon. He had the fart machine. And he said the Netflix had requested. So in this scenario, Mark and Terry are like Netflix. He said, Netflix officially requested that he stopped having the fart machine <laughs> on his press tour. And he did a big thing where he's like, I'm never going anywhere without this. He did it on the Jimmy Fallon show. And I thought there was a lot of parallels between Mark and Terry. instantly became your hero. And and big business Netflix. (laughs) The
0: man. (laughs) Trying to shut us down. (laughs) We have principles. (laughs) We are dedicated to our craft. All right. I think we should shut her her down. Let's do it. If we haven't said it so far, Merry Christmas, everybody.
2: We got one more. (laughs)
0: Uh, it's Christmas season. The- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody.
1: I got diarrhea. I
0: know. <laughs> it's that time of year. So sincere. All right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> thanks, Tab. <Dad.
1: laughs> Sorry, Terry. you guys are so sincere over this holiday season. Thanks for the well wishes. We're
2: just That's trying fine. to be top five someday. <laughs> we'll get there. We're gonna get there. <laughs> Ugh. all right, all right. <laughs> until <laughs> next time right peace out
1: see ya. see ya take care everybody be safe wear those harnesses
2: temperatures are gonna be dropping perfect conditions for the skinny people. i gotta focus on those afternoon hunts northwest tree stand 5 p.m it's the easiest decision you'll make this season get ahead of your game with deer cast <laughs> terry <sighs> don't you enjoy coming on
1: i do actually
2: you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs>